Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All right. C.J. Moore joins us from The Athletic. We're going to talk some college basketball. It's been an interesting first month of the season. Hello, C.J. Hey, what's going on, Bob? Hey, thanks for being with us. We always appreciate it. Uh, big, big game in Lawrence tonight, Kansas, against the defending champ, UConn. Of course, Kansas won the championship the year previous. Uh, they don't get much bigger than this, do they? No, not, the, uh, not on December 1st. I don't think that, you know, two top five. I believe they're both top five right now. I don't look at the rankings, but I'm guessing they are. And uh, UConn has set a record for – the most non-conference wins over double digits in, in I think, ever. So they're a pretty good team. Kansas preseason number one. It should be a fun one. C.J. Moore, I guess I got to ask you. I've seen Kansas play a few times now. Of course, I'm impressed. They have very good players. But I don't know that they look like a number one team. Can they grow into that? First of all, do you agree with me on that? Secondly, do you feel like this is a team that can grow into that? I'm a little bit concerned about depth, although why would I be? Bill Self is a master at developing depth. Uh, what do you think of the Jayhawks so far? Oh, I think Bill Self would be right there with you. That He's a little concerned with his depth, too. Um, I, I, and I agree with you that they haven't looked like a number one team yet. I think that um, the concern coming into the year for them was shooting, three-point shooting, and their bench. And I think we are a few games in now, and those concerns continue to be – the same. Um, I, I don't think the benches look that good so far. I think there's there's hope for a guy like um, Johnny Furphy, who's who's got a lot of ability, but he's just really young and um, looks like a freshman. I think Nick Timberlake, who is a grad transfer, um, looks like a freshman. I think when you make the the jump sometime from a school like Townsend to, to Kansas, um, that happens. And and I think he's having a hard time developing the confidence and, and the comfort level in, in his game so far. But, you know, maybe he gets there eventually. I think that's that's good, what's going to be the key, though. I think the four old guys are um, kind of entrenched in their roles and, and in a good spot and, and have played pretty well so far. But I, I think it's it's all about those others for Kansas. You know, what, what will those others be able to bring, whether they're going to be an elite team or just a really good team? C.J. Moore, our guest, college basketball senior writer for The Athletic. Uh, on the positive side for Kansas, Hunter Dickinson has been everything he was advertised to be. Certainly looks like a player of the year candidate. And Kevin McCuller has taken his game to a completely new new level. Uh, did we expect Kevin McCuller to be quite this good this early? 
You know, I, I had a an inkling that he might be just because I think the role opportunity was there for him. Um, you know, I think last year he came in and tried to, um, you know, kind of play second, third fiddle to Jalen Wilson and Grady Dick and was okay kind of being that, that third guy. Um, but obviously with, with those guys moving on, you know, there was opportunity to be for a wing scorer to – um, score the ball a lot more. I think he's what's really been impressive was is his slashing ability, and um, you know he's he's driving the ball really really well so far. Um, I think they'd like to see him shoot a little bit better. I thought his confidence in his jumper. I thought he made progress with his jump shot over the summer. That's why he's back at Kansas to prove he can be a three point shooter. That's what the NBA wants to see. And I thought during their trip to um, Costa Rica this summer, Puerto Rico, wherever they went. Um, but he, he looked better shooting the ball then, but, and, and in the first couple of the preseason and then the, um, the first game, I believe he, he shot it pretty well. But since then, I think he's maybe lost a little bit of confidence in his jumper. And that's another really important thing. Like they need him to make shots, but his the numbers, as far as just a per game average, um, have been really good so far. And he's, he's passing the ball. Well, he's got a lot of turnovers, but I think that's partly due to trying to force it inside so much. C.J. Moore, our guest. We're going to talk a lot of college basketball. I do want to get to your thoughts early here on K-State and Wichita State. But uh, nationally, uh, Purdue has looked uh, really, really good. Now, the mm-hmm. knock on Purdue is they always look really, really good. And then they get to the tournament and somebody knocks them off. How much more, uh, how much more built for March is this team than maybe some of Coach Painter's uh, recent teams? I, I think it's more so because of um, the guard play. I, I think last year, Braden Smith um, and Fletcher Lawyer were both freshmen, and I think they kind of wore down as the season went along, and it's, it's really, really hard to start two freshmen in your backcourt and, and, and win into the NCAA tournament. And the, the pressure um, of FD Fairleigh Dickinson – um, that they were able to apply in that game kind of gave them problems. And that's, I think that's what we want to see this year is like, how do they handle that kind of pressure when they play teams that are really going to get after you? Um, so, you know, they haven't seen a ton of that so far. They saw it a little bit in Ar- against Arkansas in their exhibition game, which they actually lost. Um, but Marquette gets after you a little bit. And I thought they handled themselves well in that game. Um, Braden Smith, I think is one of the best point guards in the country. And so um, he's been, he's made a really jump from his freshman year to his sophomore year and, that's why I like their chances in, in March. And they also went out and got a, a grad transfer um, to, to play on the perimeter that's added some speed for them that, that, has, that has helped as well. So I, th- I think Purdue's in a better spot this year. And it's kind of like, you know, Bob, it reminds me a little bit of Bill Self in his early tenure at Kansas when, um, you know, he had lost so many games in a row in the Elite Eight and hadn't been able to, to, to get through to the Final Four. And sometimes it's just you have really good teams that are capable and you have bad tournament luck, you have one bad game. Um, I think that, you know, they have a great, great team at, at Purdue and have had a lot of great teams. I think it's just a matter of time before they finally crack through and get to the Final Four. wanted to do a check-in with you about the American, and, and specifically I want to ask you about Memphis because uh, they have some nice wins this year, and then in their most mm-hmm. recent game, they fell behind big to Villanova, eventually lost that game by 16 where are you on memphis we never question the talent level i suppose we do a lot of questioning of whether whether penny hardaway can be the guy uh to to have a team and 
as a legitimate national championship contender. Where are, where are you with Memphis? I think this year that team's probably somewhere between like 40 and 20 in, in college basketball. Um, I think it, it's still really early. Like they haven't played enough good games to, to really get a true, true sense. I think that you can say that about a lot of teams. I mean, Villanova, the, the team they lost to recently, has some really, really good wins and then has a loss to St. Joe's and has a loss to, um, gosh, who, who else did they lose to? Another big five team. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking. I don't have my computer in front of me. I think it was but, uh, Penn. It's Penn. Yeah, yeah, Penn. There you go. So they, they've lost two big five games and beat everybody else. Um, so I, I, I think that, like, Memphis will probably be a team that's good enough to make the NCAA tournament, but it's probably like around the eight to 10 seeds like they were last year. And um, so, you know, not like a, a national title contender or anything like that, but still a team that, um, you know, might be able to win a couple games in March. Florida Atlantic's the one in, in the American that, um, again, you know, obviously made the final four last year, I think has a chance to, to go really, really far again this season. Like that team looks awesome. C.J. Moore with us. That was my next question. I don't know what Bryant did to beat them, <laughs> but I watched Florida Atlantic last night, and they yeah. completely dismantled a very good, in my opinion, a very good Liberty yeah. team that had beaten Wichita State handily. Um, mm-hmm. Boy, they are impressive, and anybody who's saying, well, that was a one-year wonder needs to watch them. Yeah, they've ever since that Bryant loss, and, you know, they had – um, Elijah Martin, who's one of their best players, was dealing with an injury late early in the year, and, and he just wasn't quite himself. And um, I think that was was hurting them. And Bryant has a kid I can't remember what his name is, but I know I think he was a five star guy back in the day, um, who's kind of been around at some different schools and his talent. And I think went off in that game. I haven't watched it yet, but um, I think we can kind of throw it out based off what they've done since. Um, you know, just creamed a, a decent Virginia Tech team. And then, like you said, Liberty is one of the better mid-majors in college basketball and um, just wiped the floor with those dudes last night. So they're, they're really, really good. Like, I, they, they might even be national title contender. Like, they're, they're that good, um, which I think we'll look back and it'll be one of those, like, we're uh, come back to KU again. Remember when Kansas lost, like, Oral Roberts back in the day? They would take – they lost to Richmond one year. Right. You know, they take kind of some weird L's every once in a while. I think that was just kind of a weird circumstance – um, you know, your best player not quite being right yet. Um, I think we'll look back and be like, how the heck did that happen once once we get late in the season? Talking uh, with C.J. Moore, college basketball writer for The Athletic. Let's uh, let's mention K-State here. They were in the Elite Eight last year. They are hard for me to follow. I just have not seen much of Kansas State so far. Mm-hmm. They are flying completely under the radar. Their best player, Naquan Tomlin, still not eligible. Uh, Jerome Tang was a national college basketball sensation last year. Where do you think the Cats are? Well, it'll be interesting to see if, if Tomlin comes back and, and how he fits in. Um, you know, I, I went there in the preseason and, and got to see them practice for a couple days when Tomlin was around. And, um he is, you know, he's arguably the, he's their most talented player. I don't know that he's their best player, but he, I think Tyler Perry might be their best player, but he's, he's their most talented player. And he would change what their ceiling is if, if he's ever able to play. So, um, you know, I, I don't think that they've beat anybody that really gets your attention. And I don't think they've lost anybody that you're like, oh man, panic mode. Um, I think they're probably a bubble team this year. 
um, especially if they don't get Tama back. If they get Tama back, maybe that changes the calculus for what they can be. Um, but it's, it's still, I mean, with a lot of these teams, it's still so early and hard to judge. Um, you want to see them get deeper into the year. You know, point guard play was probably my biggest concern coming into the season for them. Um, and, you know, I know they're, Tyler Perry is kind of handling that spot some, but ideally they brought him in to be more of a combo, to be more of the score and, and not have to, to facilitate as much. So um, I think that's a team that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of waiting until January to really judge. Let's uh, finally, CJ, let's talk about the team here in our backyard, my backyard, Wichita State. They're off to a very good start under Paul Mills. They have looked good mm-hmm. in most of their games. Coming off a nice home win a couple nights ago against Richmond. They have an interesting uh, five games coming up, including games at Missouri, K-State, and KU on neutral courts in Kansas City. Uh, We know what Shocker basketball has been. We know what it became under Isaac Brown. Now with Paul Mills at the helm, uh, how how optimistic uh, should Wichita State basketball fans be about not just the present but the future? Yeah, I think the future fairly optimistic. I, I I don't know that this team this year will be an NCAA tournament team, but like I think if you get to an NIT this season after as much as roster turnover as they had, um, you know, I was I was there in the preseason. I, I I'll be honest with you, I haven't watched them play a regular season game yet, but I've I've been kind of watching over the results and seeing how they've done. Um, I, I've been impressed with what they've been able to do on the defensive end, just looking at their numbers. Um, you know, Paul's been known more as an offensive guy, but I think he's doing a really, really nice job um, kind of winning with what he has. And I think his team's built probably better for defense than it is offense. He's a really, really good offensive mind. I don't think he has the kind of um, scores in and the kind of shooters that, that are ideal for his system. Um, so offensively this year, you know, it could be a little bit of a challenge, um, but they've done so far you know, well against the schedule they play now, like you said, the schedule gets brutal here coming up. Um, But, you know, long-term I'd be optimistic if I was Wichita State fans and and for the present, I think he's getting everything he can out of, out of this current team. What, how do you regard him as a coach? Because he obviously had a really good success at Oral Roberts. Um, You're right about his offensive pedigree. Uh, Did, were you a fan of the hire when it was made? Yeah, I, I was. I think that he's got that, you know, he's got the high major experience from, from his time at Baylor. So he knows, you know, Wichita State's not quite at the, the high major level, but they're not far off. I mean, they're like, uh, you know, I think the Americans, like, if there's a power six, they're the, they're, they're the seventh, right? So, so it's, it's, it's really, really close. So he's recruited um, at a higher level. And so he, you know, I think he has a good eye for talent and he's done a good job with transfers at Oral Roberts. So he, he kind of knows how to play the recruiting game. Um, he's proven himself as an offensive coach. Like they, they ran really, really good stuff. They, they you know, they, he runs modern offense and he, he does a good job of, he has a good feel for it. Um, and, you know, his, his, he, he built a winner there. Uh, so I, I think it was a good hire. I mean, you're, you're, that's the kind of profile I think you're looking for when you're Wichita State, your job comes open. Um, you know, that's the kind of the profile of Greg Marshall back in the day. Like he had won at the mid-major level, you know, pretty high level and, and done a good job and, and was able to, to really, you know, turn that into great success at Wichita State. So um, you, you, you kind of swing to one of those coaches. You don't ever know like how it's going to 
turn out in the end, but um, I think it was the is the right thought process for Wichita State, and I, I think he's done a good job so far. I, I, I you want to give him three or four years to to really have a chance to to recruit some of his own classes, and I mean I, I think it's hard coming. I think what what Jerome Tang did last year was the rarity in being able to turn a roster over that much, and he got you know a little bit lucky with with a guy like um, Johnson, you know was able to get the Johnson kid from Florida. There was a really, really good player right away. Um, it's it's hard to take over a roster and just completely overhaul it and, and win at the level he did. So if, if he wins this year, like, like I said, a NIT ish level, I think that'd be a really, really good start. Great stuff. Before I let you go, you got to pick a winner tonight. KU UConn in Lawrence, Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, what, what's your thought? Well, I was on Rob Dosser's show previewing it earlier this week, and, and I picked Kansas. Now, that was the day of um, they played Eastern Illinois that day, and it was before they had played the game. <laughs> they didn't look too good, too hot the other day. <laughs> Connecticut's really, really, really good. Um, I'm still probably leaning Kansas just because it's in Allen Fieldhouse, and I, I think you're you're a dumb man to ever pick against Kansas in Allen Fieldhouse, but Connecticut could definitely go in there and, and get the win. I think the predicted score I had was 76-73, I think. So I'll, I'll stick with that. But um, I'm tempted to pick Connecticut after the way the, the Jayhawks looked the other night. I know it was kind of a throwaway game, but still, um, their shooting's a real concern, and, and I think teams are really going to pack the paint against them until they prove they can make some jump shots. Yeah, I, th- I, I would probably go UConn, but it's going to be a good game. Uh, as always, CJ, thank you so much. We appreciate your time. All right, thanks for having me on. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.